world is going through an expansion of consciousness, a changing of the ages, and many of us are on an awakening journey. I want to explore what all of this means and share people's personal stories so we can relate, enjoy the mystical experiences, and perhaps connect some more dots. Everyone's journey is completely unique. I'm your host, Wendy, and this is Light Always Wins. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our energy update. Today, we're going to be reviewing 2021, talking about Capricorn season, and we're going to talk about what we're seeing for 2022. And I've got Stevie and Christine joining me, and I'll let them introduce themselves to you. Hi, my name is Stevie Callista of Farmhouse Moon. I'm an astrologer and silversmith currently living in the mountains of Western North Carolina. My goal is to break down astrology and give you practical tools to help guide you on your spiritual journey. I love to help people come alive in their own skin so that they can walk away empowered with growth opportunities. You can find me online on Instagram at farmhousemoon.com or on YouTube. Hi, my name is Christine McKim from Franconia, New Hampshire. I am an intuitive Reiki master and herbalist who uses spiritual guidance from nature, Mother Earth, and our ancestors to facilitate one-on-one sessions with my clients who are looking for a deeper understanding of their patterns, purpose, and inner work. You can find me on Instagram and DM me at Herbalist in the Woods if you're interested in finding out more about yourself and your journey. We are missing Sarah today, which I'm sad about, but I've got Christine and Stevie here with me. And um, yeah, so Stevie, uh, well, what I'd like to talk about first is just like ask you guys, um, you know, what you took away from 2021. Why don't you go first? (laughs) Okay. So a big thing for me, and it's weird. I feel like I was gradually learning a lot of lessons through 2021 and then getting towards the end of the year here. It's just like, it's almost like they're smacking me in the face. It's kind of like, I've been learning these things repeatedly. I've been practicing and now it's like really hitting home or it's like, gosh, I realized that like so many times this year and I'm just now really getting it, you know, or like starting to integrate it. And, um, one of the things for me that, uh, I've learned is that like love seriously is the answer and loving yourself and opening your heart. And it's wild because I didn't realize what a box I had my heart in until like, I don't know, something, something busted it open. Actually, I know what it was. It was, there were some surprises that popped up in my life that kind of busted that, that box open. And I realized how much I wasn't allowing myself to feel I had all these walls built up around my heart because it had been so broken. And so, you know, a lot of stuff came out. But then after all this stuff came out, I had an even greater capacity to love. And I was like, wow, okay. One, I see why we block our hearts and why we try not to feel And, um, 
also, I just didn't realize how I was missing the opportunity to love even more, you know? So um, that was a big lesson. And also just kind of like recently what's been hitting me is to take that higher perspective and step outside of the small stuff and the drama a little bit. And I always had these questions about evil, you know, like I am, I always had this, why, like, why did this happen to me? And like, why is this happening in the world? And I, I finally came to terms with like, by looking at the bigger picture that without dark and evil, we would never evolve. We would just stay in the same place. So you can love yourself and maybe even love your enemy because they're giving you an opportunity to grow. And I'm not saying be completely neutral. Like, obviously I'm not going to um, condone what evil does, but um, I just kind of had this, this under, like this bigger understanding that like, it's the, the contrast that uh, paints the whole picture, you know, like you need the dark and the light for it to be interesting. And, um, this evolution and consciousness we're going through, I've also realized has happened several times. And, and what's kind of fascinating about it is that every like rise and fall literally is just consciousness experiencing itself more and more and more it's like we expand at each epoch you know so um yeah I'm kind of getting a little a little too ahead of myself there but I think like the loving yourself thing I'm still working on it and that was like that was a huge lesson for me and I I just also realized like if we can love ourselves, we heal ourselves. And then we don't project our stuff onto other people and into our reality anymore. And that could have like a huge ripple effect, you know? So all this bullshit about being selfish (laughs) is like, I mean, there is such a thing as being selfish, but like working on yourself and loving yourself is not selfish. It's like, it's the best thing you could do for humanity. So yeah, that's, that's what I got. So I'm chiming in on, on that because, um, I think, yeah, I think if we all take a look back at, at this year, there's probably, I'm I'm sure you've got so many other layers of things that, you know, go along with, you know, that the big loving yourself piece of that and how you got to it, but um, just kind of looking at it in terms of the consciousness piece of that mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, my, my whole year has really been focused on um, the evolution for myself and in, in consciousness and expansion um, and then being brought back in to seeing where I was at prior because I would, you know, kind of step back into this matrix, um, lower vibration and, and start, you know, and, and being that shaming, blaming person, and then come out of it and see, you know, that mirror reflection. And 
how do I, and knowing what you've been going through and, and that helps me reflect upon myself and how I love myself and care about others because I love myself. And I had to keep looking in that mirror. So I think this year for me was a lot of mirror looking like a lot of shadow work, obviously, but that looking in the mirror and seeing myself in the other, in other people. And that trans translated into, um, being, um, more conscious in trying to stay in the higher conscious mindset, that higher timeline that I want to be on and am writing, but then also forgiving, like forgiving myself for falling, you know, the, the one step forward, two steps back mentality that we, you know, um, and falling back into it. And, and then when you do that, it's like, for me, it came full circle of being like, oh, I can snap in and I can snap out, you know, I can keep going back and forth and, um, and being okay that I do that because that's where we're at. We're riding this train with two rails. Yeah. So sometimes we lean a little more on one rail than the other Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And while you were talking, I pulled just a, a couple of cards and, um, and I'm just going to interpret them, um, my vision of them. I'm not going to read what the book says unless I'm prompted to, but so this was the first one that I pulled and this one based on the Eagle, if you will, it's been a big, um, a big, uh, strong symbol for me this year. Eagles have been huge for me. They fly over my car. They come down and swoop over the hood of my car. They do all (laughs) kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm like, what is going on? And, um, so it's been a big symbol for me, but that aside, this particular card, if you notice is really about consciousness Mm. and it's in, and it's really in a nutshell, just saying, you know, you stand within this consciousness and you are the consciousness and we control everything that's going on. We are creating in this consciousness and every so that means we're creating everything so that's just an awareness to to be within and i think that this this is a very pertinent card for everyone but also for myself in terms of what am i trying to create and where am i trying to stand mm-hmm. and then the next card that was pulled um was the king of pentacles mm-hmm. and this card is representing that you're going to set a fire, you know, beneath your feet to get you going, you're going to get hot and you're going to start, you know, motivating. It's about, about motivating. And it's about sitting within your, your in doing your inner work and sitting within yourself. Um, and that is where, you know, the consciousness that you're choosing, the timeline you're choosing to be within and partake in as creation is, is going to make a big difference in terms of your intuitive. So this is going to bring in a lot of intuitive, um, thinking this consciousness is very, very intuitive and really around that third eye and crown and kind of moving forward, but also the root. Mm-hmm. So the fire is bringing in the root chakra and how we need to be grounded to the earth and really, really, um, pull together this, the splintered masculine energies and that fragmented feminine which is more of, you know, kind of that, the flow of the consciousness coming through and marrying and balancing that all out. Totally. I, 
I had so many thoughts. <laughs> um, I think I think it's really interesting too, Wendy, what you were saying. I think without the dark, we don't remember our light. We can't, it's like, we need that duality. And I think that this year we've had to get really comfortable with the unknown mm -hmm. um, because our souls chose this time that we're ending this age and we're moving into a different age. And we're like right smack dab in the middle where there's so many things falling. And there's also this um, opportunity to create what we want. And I think a lot of people have been looking outside of themselves for like some sort of person to make them go back to normal or create their reality or fix it for them. And I think what I've learned myself this year is like, I have to look within and we have to stop looking without for answers. Um, and Christine, what you said too about the mirroring, I think that that's been a huge lesson this year, especially the second half, just realizing like your triggers and why is that triggering you? Do you have a judgment there? Like, is there something you can be more curious about um, within yourself? You know, I just think it's so interesting that we're in a human body and people are our mirrors. And basically if something triggers us, it's just because we don't integrate that part of ourselves. You know, that's our shadow. Um, and that is something I've been really trying to integrate more and more. Like every time I'm triggered, just like voicing it and then getting really curious with like, what is that? oh, I don't like that about myself. That's <laughs> why so I hate it in you. Um, and I think like astrologically speaking, 2021 and two, but especially this year is, is us hitting these brick walls and wanting desperately to like dynamite them, to blow them up, to like be free, but we can't quite yet be free because we still live within these structures that we've lived in our entire lives. Um, and we're really trying to like break down, break free, but yet we're hitting Saturn is like, we, we hit this wall. Um, and I was thinking about Saturn today as I do a lot. <laughs> and he, he's been in Aquarius and it's in a lot of ways that makes it so we can't like, we have travel restrictions and the collective is restricted. And Saturn is often like where we're restricted, where we hit these brick walls. And also in the same breath, Saturn gives us a dose of reality. He asks us like, what is our individual responsibility in the collective and where do we need to take responsibility in order to create our future? And December is like the last hit of this year of that square, which means that this is part of like the integration this month. Like I keep hitting these brick walls. Now, how do I integrate and change so that I break free and I, and we have to realize that we're the only, we can break ourselves free. Like we can like open, open the, the door of the jail that's been unlocked this entire time, you know, um, and walk out. <laughs> so, um, that's something that, uh, I think I've been learning myself. And I think the collective has also kind of been struggling with this push pull, like old structure, new structure. What do we want? What's our responsibility in it? And not necessarily knowing because we're still trying to figure it out. Um, and then the other thing too, since May of 2020, the nodes have been in Gemini Sag. And a lot of what you guys were saying <laughs> was exactly that, I think. One of the biggest things I've learned this year is like how to release, actually since pretty much May of 2020, how to release judgments. You know, I used to like go past a political sign and get so pissed. Like, <laughs> so pissed, so judgmental, like, how dare you like that person? Um, 
and I laugh now because that never happens. Like, I don't care. I don't, I just, there is, I am so neutral there. Um, I'm really grateful for that. And I think that that the South node being in Sagittarius has taught us so much about like judging others and saying that there's one truth. Um, and the North node always teaches us like where we need to move towards. And that's Gemini, which is like curiosity and listening and talking and conversation. And Gemini knows that there's a thousand truths and that you can keep learning and read a book and find another one. So Sagittarius, the shadow, which is wherever the South node is, we kind of deal with the shadow side of that archetype. Um, <clears throat> Sagittarius shadow is very much like getting on the soapbox and pointing fingers and saying my way is the right way you're wrong judge 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 um and also just like there's only one truth this is my faith this is my truth and it should be yours um so I'm looking forward to that shifting because that changes in December and we can talk more about that like what's happening later mm -hmm. um but really I think I think that we've had to get very, very comfortable with the unknowns, <laughs> first of all, and big picture perspective, like we have to be gentle with ourselves because we have never been moving from the age of Pisces. I mean, these are 2000 year cycles that we're in the middle of moving into a whole different age of time. Everything we've known is gonna crumble and is crumbling and we get to rebuild it, but we have, we're still trying to figure out like what that even means for ourselves. And I think the Eagle is brilliant, Christine, because I always think of Sagittarius as like the point, the top of the pyramid or the Eagles, the bird's eye view. And if you really look at the big picture of where we're at, we can have way more um, compassion for ourselves because we don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> We've never been here before. Uh, and big picture perspective is that we're all trying to figure it out together. And what we're moving into is more light in the universe. Literally our, our whole universe or our whole solar system is traveling through a place that has more light in it. Um, and in order to do that, we have to bring up our shadow. We have to get really real about our triggers and our judgments. And 2021 was the year of understanding judgment, really. Mm. Um, and 2022 is, is more about justice and secrets. Um, but this year, especially, I think that we've all felt like we're hitting these brick walls and we want to break free. Um, and 2022 definitely has some of that energy. Um, but I think that we've, we've come out so much more resilient than we were before. Mm, yeah, definitely. And um, something you guys both talked about that reminded me of, of something else I just recently kind of realized was like, I found myself looking at the shadow of the collective so much. And I came to this point where I realized that being so immersed in the shadow of the collective was keeping me distracted from my own shadows. Mm. And um, it's like, maybe that's, maybe that's on purpose too. <laughs> Create a lot of chaos. So nobody will <laughs> go within and take care of what they need to take care of I don't know but um yeah so and something you said Stevie uh about just opening that door from Saturn to Uranus got me thinking about Chiron because Chiron is the bridge <clears throat> between Saturn and Uranus so Chiron's the key right 
it's the key to that door. And Chiron is our wounded healer. So this whole shift is about all those shadows bubbling up and all the wounds bubbling up. And it's not just our individual wounds either. It's like years and years, like epochs of wounds, you know, um, coming up to be healed. And I mean, that's the only way that you can get lighter, right. Is to like integrate all of that. And the, and that's also the way that we realize ourselves and, and find our souls is, is that we heal because the ego is the one that doesn't want you looking at it. The ego is trying to protect you because it hurts. Right. And so if we can bypass that and really like stand, like I picture that sun symbol in alchemy and astrology and Egyptian hieroglyphs, like in alchemy that stands for standing, not falling. It's like facing your fears. Like if we can do that, face our wounds and our fears, then we can be like, we can be embodied. We find that soul and then we really know what we stand for. And it's like standing for source, for God, for all, you know, it's like being in service. Um, And I feel like that's sort of what Aquarius is about. Like we're, we're transforming into this different way of being, you know? I, um, I pulled a third card out of when you were talking earlier and it, it was like, it's not time to read me, but I know it's time now. And, and now I see why, but, um, kind of going off of, uh, the, uh, part that you just said, Wendy, about, um, being just, you know, kind of that distraction of, of worrying about, you know, the, the collective and, and not seeing yourself. And, and that I think so many of us have seen, are seeing a lot of that pull to be distracted from the inner work. Mm-hmm. And the most important piece is, yes, that embodiment of who we are is what's going to strengthen the consciousness of awakening and, um, and hopefully help uh, nudge the others to start to see that the nine to five job, it just isn't going to, isn't going to be the the, the new norm as they're putting, putting it, putting us back to going back to normal, which is not going to happen because there is no normal, but this card that I pulled is the wheel and it represents, uh, life, uh, and death rebirth. And so I think that it's appropriate in the sense that, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're coming full circle back into, you know, this, um, opportunity and another chance to get it right this time. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing. And so we're coming into, you know, seeing this apocalypse and how are you going to look at that? Which rail are you going to ride? Are you going to ride the rail that says it's negative? Are you going to ride the rail that is the truth rail about the fact it's about the splitting and the rebirth? And that's really where we're at right now is, is seeing, you know, what rail we're going to ride? Are we going to come full circle and learn our lesson and not depart and, um, you know, jump on a spaceship and take off and just not deal with it or, or um, whatever. But this is, 
you know, really about that, the rebirthing opportunity of us and is becoming more evident every single day at the end of this year. Can't wait for 2022. <laughs> that, that is such a good card, Christine, for 2022. The wheel. Mm-hmm. Like it, that will also come full circle when we talk about that too, because it, it really is like such a transformational year of, re, of death and rebirth. Like so much. Cool. Well, Stevie, do you want to get into Capricorn? Before we do that, I, I just wanted to briefly talk about Chiron. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just to give people some dates. So he is moving direct on the 19th, which is also the full moon in Gemini. Um, and then we, we have so many, many changes in December. Like, I, I feel like astrologically speaking, December is the most intense month. I don't know if I can say that. Maybe it's it, it, intense in a way where we're really like changing and moving and <laughs> a lot is going on. Um, but that full moon is really going to highlight like how far we've come healing these wounds to set ourselves free. Like what you were talking about, Wendy. Um, and the full moon's on the 18th, 19th. It's in Gemini. It's very much highlighting the nodal access of where we've been this year between Gemini and Sag. Um, and I think that Chiron moving direct right now, it's specifically, and for the next week, um, through Christmas, the Chiron energy is really, really there in the consciousness. Um, so I think that everything you said, Wendy is really relevant to that, you know, like what are our wounds and, um, how can we heal them? And then we become, cause Chiron you heal, you, you, you become very vulnerable. You look at your wounds, you heal yourself so that you can then in turn help heal others. Mm-hmm. So the wounded becomes the healer. Um, and it's true, like that your deepest wounds are your greatest gifts, you know, and that's what you can offer. Um, so anyways, with Chiron being so prevalent right now, anytime a planet moves from direct to retrograde or vice versa, they are very much in the collective mind. Um, and that means for the people listening, you might've had to really take a look at your wounds, become really vulnerable this week. This full moon could illuminate something about a place you need more healing or how far you've come. Um, so I just wanted to mention that. And then the winter solstice is such a powerful portal. Um, you know, it's when the sun comes back and we celebrate, the sun having going from the darkness to the light, you know, it's Jesus's birth in Christianity. Like it's the sun, the son of God, the sun, the divine, whatever you want to call it, the sun comes back. And that that's where the veil is really thin. Um, it's the return of the light, the return of source. So for me, that is like a huge day in the year where I really celebrate. I try to take the day off. I really like uh, get into the energy of the sun, be out in the sun, be out in nature. Um, and so that's really special. And then that starts just before that, like that's when Capricorn season starts too. Um, and there's a reason why everyone gets really intense about the, their resolutions at <laughs> the beginning of the year, because Capricorn's all about goals and being disciplined and being responsible. And what are you going to do? What, what mountain are you going to climb? You know, like, and Mercury is already in Capricorn, uh, just shifted a couple of days ago. And so you may have already been feeling this mentally. I know I have, I'm like, Oh, I get a lot done. It's very, very earthy. It's very, very driven. Um, and Capricorns are 
driven towards success, driven towards using their resources wisely. And they are the structure builders. They're ruled by Saturn. Um, you guys are both Capricorns, right? Yes, they really know how to build a foundation and to use the material world and reality to create a future for themselves and to create a container. Um, that sort of leads me into talking about Venus because she is very prevalent in the night sky. She's an evening star right now and she will be moving retrograde. Um, and when she moves retrograde, she goes to the underworld. And I'm certainly not a, uh, I don't know a lot about Greek mythology, um, but I, I'm pretty sure it's the story of Inanna, correct? I don't know, Wendy, if you know anything about Venus's. Okay. Um, well, she basically goes to the underworld and then she is rebirthed as a morning star. And this period of time, Venus is also very inner psyche. Uh, she's like hard to miss in the night sky. She's gorgeous. Um, and she's in Capricorn. And the thing that's different about this retrograde is that she's dancing with Pluto. Um, so it makes it very different. Um, I just want to give you dates. So she hits Pluto first, December 11th, which already went down. The, the second time is December 29th. And the third time is March 3rd. So she, Venus will be in, in Capricorn for from now until March. And usually she's in, she's in a sign for three, three, four weeks. So it's a very long time that she hangs out in Capricorn. Um, the downloads I got about it recently were not only will we, will we be evaluating what we value or reevaluating these things, but I feel like because it's Capricornian, it's going to be around our politics, our business, our goals, um, the structures we've lived in, literally all the things we're trying to break free from. Um, so Venus is all about our desires, our love, our feelings, our relationships. So you could definitely have old lovers come back in, dreams about them. Um, maybe you'll have a fling <laughs> and then it will like fizzle. Like these kinds of things definitely happen during Venus retrogrades. People break up during Venus retrogrades. Um, we, we really take a slow, hard look at like, is this relationship, is what I love, is what I'm desiring in line with what I value? And so we could consider that our values are going to change. And collectively, I think we're really gonna um, take a good look at our foundations and structures that we've lived in take a look at our leaders, take a look at who has power. I mean, Capricorn is the one at the top of the chart. Like I'm the mountain, I'm gonna keep going. Um, I'm the foundation of this. So when Venus dances with Pluto, it brings in a whole nother flavor of like transformation of the wheel. <laughs> it's exactly what you were saying, Christine. It's all about letting go. It's about bringing up secrets. It's about, um, who has the power in the relationship? Who has the power in the collective? This is like, who has the power in politics? Who has the power in the banking system, in the financial world? Um, Venus is about like our desires, our money. Like, so you, we can definitely expect from now until March, a lot of talk about our finances, a lot of talk about the stock market, our money, you know, all of, all of our resources basically. Um, uh, what else was I going to say? Um, I think that 
uh, from now until March, because Venus is dancing with Pluto, we're going to have a lot of intense experiences. Um, I know even around the 11th, like take a look back in your life, what was going on December 11th, the, day, the days before, the days after, um, she can bring up a strong desire to like shed a layer, to like peel the onion, to die, literally. Something you've loved forever, can, it, can you let it go? Because it's no longer in line with like what you actually truly want. Um, and this is gonna play out in the external world, I imagine as well. Um, so we can definitely expect us slowing down and reevaluating the structures we've lived under. I really wanna highlight that. And um, reevaluating like what we even want. <laughs> like what structures do we wanna live under? What do we even love? What do we desire? Um, oh, I had one more thing too that, that it might, might come up later. Mm. Yeah, just, I think, I think, um, oh, the other thing with Venus retrograde is that Venus is all about indulging, like, oh, this piece of chocolate or this is so comfy, you know? Um, and when she slowed down, and this, this isn't necessarily true if you have Venus retrograde in your chart or your progress chart, um, this might be a time where you really are able to slow down and enjoy this moment, if, especially if you were born under a Venus retrograde. Um, but for a lot of people, it's going to be frustrating because our desires won't be able to be met as fast as we usually like them to be because she's slowed down or that relationship might not be in the place you want to be. And you might be really frustrated. Retrogrades are like, we slow down to reevaluate, but it can be really frustrating. Just like when the internet crashes, when Mercury's retrograde, you know, mm -hmm. it's not ideal, <laughs> but it's necessary for her to be reborn again. She has to go to the underworld, especially this one because of the dance with Pluto. Let something go and shed a layer to then be reborn again into, into her new value system or into what she actually really desires. Mm. Wow. That feels like what we've been going through all year, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's just really pushing us now because that there is there is this push for that you know coming full cycle that we are really at a place where we are going to shift and there's so many of us that have been holding you know ourselves doing our inner work you know holding our energy so that we can all energetically you know do this shift together and get ourselves ready and and it's happening it is done it's done mm -hmm. and so this you know, on the physical plane, we're starting to see more and more people, uh, you know, open their eyes and be like, wait a minute, what the hell? I just came out of a, you know, bad dream. And now I see what's really happening. Um, and when you were talking, I just, I pulled a couple of cards um, about kind of with the intention of um, the overall kind of collective consciousness right now and what they might need to hear. And um, they're both um, animal cards uh, from the Steve, Stephen Farmer deck. And the first one is the dog. And it, of course, a dog is about loyalty and faithfulness, but it's also about um, that's to yourself, being loyal to yourself and being faithful to yourself and, um, you know, kind of being done with serving others, you know, kind of taking that break and being like, I'm done. And I think I sort of brought that up a little earlier is sort of like, it's time to make this shift. 
I need to do my inner work. And so that is just kind of um, letting everyone know that that's where we're at and it's okay to be there. It's okay to like, I mean, I wouldn't just be like, Hey, just quit your job just because, but I'm kind of saying that right now. I'm sort of saying like, what the hell are you doing? Like, look at everything that you're doing right now. Is it bringing you joy? If you died tomorrow, would your legacy be that you worked really hard? Or is it going to be that you took chances and became, and you were an amazing, you know, person, you were an amazing light in this world and making a difference for yourself, your family. You know, if you make a difference for yourself, you're making a difference for the whole collective. Well, Christine, it's so cool that you pulled that card because Venus as an evening star is much more of like helping the other person, taking care of the other person. Um, and you can look this up in your chart too. Were you born in an evening star, Venus or morning star? And that's like a different conversation, but just like a little rabbit hole to go down. Venus as a morning star is exactly what you said, Christine. Like it's time to take care of myself. Now my desires matter. Yeah. So I, I love that. Good. See, I love when it all synchronizes because, you know, that this is the type of thing that people need to be doing is gathering together, you know, whether you're with each other or not, your vibration is going out and you're both, you know, you're, we're feeding each other as we speak, you know, over the internet. Yeah. So with that, you know, in mind, it's like the, the electricity of our frequencies beaming off and bouncing off and, and enjoying and bringing in joy with just our hearts. And we're, we're feeding off of each other's stuff and bringing in, you know, what we call synchronicity. Um, the, the next card that I pulled after that was the polar bear. And without going super deep into what I read into this card, um, it's about standing up for yourself and speaking your truth um, and doing it with, you know, authority. And, and so it's, you know, I think that we're, this is what we're, I mean, we are seeing this. There's no doubt about it. There's so many protests going on and, and, and whatnot, but it's really about you. You know, you can be a part of a group, but in the end, I'm not saying it doesn't make a difference to go do something like that. But what I'm saying is, are you doing your inner work? Because the external work like doing something like a protest or a march or whatever um, is one thing, but doing your inner work and then going out and doing a protest, that is like, that has more intention. It has more clout within yourself. It has more standing and you're more grounded um, and kind of have that direction. And it's like the drop in the water, you know, it ripples out. Yeah. And it's like, you're less likely to be just projecting your shit, you know, like there's that like enraged protester and then there's that peaceful protester. And it's like, can you find the peace and then go peacefully protest and stand for your truth? Right. Right. Exactly. Totally hear that. So for Capricorn, for me, unicorns came up. Um, unicorns just started coming into my consciousness and it's funny because you guys know I've worked with Chris who does dragon and unicorn guide readings she's like an ambassador for the dragons and the unicorns and I had uh, gotten gone through her dragon university and I hadn't gotten into unicorns yet but they just started showing up and the way it showed up 
Well, first I, I pulled the unicorn card for my um, animal spirit deck a few times. And then I noticed it on <clears throat> this emblem for uh, the UK. So it's a there's this emblem and it's a lion and a unicorn. And this took me back because um, there's a building in Boston that had this. It was the old state house. And when I lived in Boston years and years ago, I would just stop and stare at these because there was this big golden unicorn statue and a big golden lion statue. And I'm like, what the heck is the unicorn doing on this building? You know, like it just, I was just always mesmerized by it. So it took me back. And of course I had to look up like, what is the symbolism? And um, something I should point out as well is that the unicorn has a crown around its neck with a chain and the chain is going around its body. And um, so the unicorn was a symbol for Scotland. And when Scotland and England united, they um, had the lion for England and the unicorn for Scotland. And they said that the unicorn was chained because it was a wild and dangerous animal and that only a virgin maiden could tame it. And so when I hear this, I immediately just think like, this is, the unicorn is like a symbol for the divine feminine. And, and way back in Scotland, it was a symbol of purity and innocence. And it was said that the unicorn's horn could even purify poisoned water and, and make it so you could drink it. So it's interesting how this mythology sort of changed over time. And another thing about the Scots is that they fought for their freedom for years. Like it was like a hundred years that they fought before they joined England. So that was another thing. It was like, all right, you got to chain them down because they really fight for their freedom. So I see like, I see the masculine and the, and I see like ego with the lion and I see the feminine and like uh, the spirit with the unicorn. And it's interesting because I know we keep talking about the suppression of the divine feminine and how right now we're seeing a resurgence of it because we've been living in like this patriarchal society for so long. But something I was reminded of that helped me get a little more perspective was that before we were in a patriarchal society, <clears throat> it's been said that way back in like Mu and Lemuria, we were a matriarchal society. And that society was out of balance too. And, and when the masculine came in, they resisted and it turned ugly. So that I just kind of forgotten about that. And it sort of gives you this clue as to why we um, are in a patriarchal society now and why the divine feminine was suppressed because we really got to see her darker side. So it's like, it's not about getting rid of the ego. It's not about getting rid of the masculine. It's not about getting rid of the spirit, getting rid of the feminine. It's what Christine's talking about. It's about healing the masculine and the feminine. It's about bringing them together and, and integrating the ego, you know, in with the spirit. And, um, 
And then you get that like more androgynous Aquarian age, you know? So I just zoomed way out there for a second, but with the, with Capricorn, it's funny. I went, um, on a little like boat ride with some family and they had tarot readings around Halloween. And this woman was like, what's your sign? And I said, I'm a Capricorn. And she said, well, you're going from Capricorn to unicorn. And (laughs) I was like, Ooh, I like that. And you know, what I like about that is I see the unicorn, you know, like the unicorn rearing up. I see the feet on the ground and that horn, which is like your third eye connected to spirit. So it's, it's the above and the below. It's like being grounded and having that masculine energy in place. And then also being in touch with a higher power and having that feminine in place. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting too. Um, Jesus was a Capricorn. (laughs) Uh, my friend's little kid said that. And I was like, how does she know that? And I was like, oh, duh, like his birthday's uh, Christmas. But I've forgotten that because Christmas to me is not about Christ's birth anymore. Like, I mean, I never was, I didn't grow up Christian. I just don't think about it that way. It's like, to me, it's like uh, buying presents and family parties and getting stressed out. So um, that was really funny, but I heard that song in my head. Jesus was a Capricorn. It's like, I think it's by Chris Christopherson. And it's like, Jesus was a Capricorn. He ate organic foods. And it's like all about how we all want to look down on someone. So I'm like thinking about Capricorn and the top of the mountain. And like all these initiations of Jesus happened, like at the top of the mountain Cause that's where you go to like, get closer to spirit, you know? And, um, that, that song is about like everybody wanting to have someone to look down on. And so it's interesting, Stevie, that you bring up this past year was such a year of learning about judgment. And I feel like the, the end of this year with Venus being like in Capricorn at the top of the mountain, it's like, we're going there to like balance our head and our hearts and to like transmute and like try to join with this more like Christ stream of consciousness. So it's kind of cool to hear that Venus is in that, uh, in Capricorn for a while. Cause I'm like, maybe that gives us a little more time to do this. And then that dance with Pluto is interesting too, because Pluto is death and transformation and rebirth, you know? So, um, and it's like Capricorn's like a completion of cycles as well. It's that wheel, but it's almost like when we were, when you were talking about the wheel, I kind of thought like, we're sort of, I don't want to say we're breaking the wheel, but it feels like we're breaking the cycle, at least this cycle. It's, you know, I just pictured like the spiral. Maybe it's not a wheel. Maybe it's more of a, a spiral, but, um, yeah. So it's, it's also about, I picture the, um, the devil card in tarot that is, that represents Capricorn 
in tarot. So you have the devil in the center and you have the man and the woman chained. And to me, this represents being chained to materialism and, um, and not knowing how to break free because you're not connected with your spirit. So, um, you know, Saturn being the ruler of Capricorn, it's like, that's what we've been in for so long. And we're in, we're trying to break free with that, like Uranus energy, but I think like it, and I, and the other thing with the, the unicorn, it's like, it's one horn, it's unity, you know? And so it's like breaking out of materialism and duality and transforming into unity consciousness um and and discovering like the individual and, and contributing to uh yeah to to unity so sorry that was kind of all over the place but that's what's going through my mind as a crazy capricorn unicorn uh, yeah, i love it i don't think it was all over the place i mean it all <laughs> fell into place for me and went along with the cards I pulled. So that's kind of cool too. Um, but I think, you know, being a Capricorn also, and, and I was just thinking as you were talking, I'm like, well, I was born January 1st and I was born right after the new year. So, you know, I was at, in the 12 o'clock hour AM. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think of myself as someone who's on top, you know, looking down at people, but um, because that's what they want you to see that you're being, you know, um, you know, it's like the mirror image of that. I, I actually look at myself very different than that. And, and maybe I need to represent myself a little bit better and be more on top of my thing, you know, and more not aggressive per se, but just more outspoken or more whatever I might need to do. But yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to think, you know, as a Capricorn, I've loved it. I've always been connected to unicorns. I have a big collection of unicorns from my childhood that's packed away somewhere that I've been dying to try to find. <laughs> and, um, you know, I've always said, I'm pretty sure I had a pet unicorn at one time. Yeah. I've always said that, you know, and, and, I don't look at it as a unicorn as my pet, but as my friend and as a co-creator in things. And, and I think that that's also something that kind of flowed into my mind when you were talking in terms of like, um, you know, the Christ consciousness uh, for me has really morphed into a creation consciousness, a co-creation consciousness and bring, coming together with the unity of that horn coming out of our third eye and creating, mm -hmm. I mean, we are in creating momentum right now. And I had my reading from Stevie the other day and um, Stevie, you'll be glad to know that. So you know, you told me about the Venus and, you know, Venus is going in and, and this is like, you know, going to be a time of like, maybe even writing a book. You didn't know. Um, but you did know, you did know because you know how to read this stuff and, and you're intuitive, but I wrote something, um, a reflection upon some education that I've been working on and, and research I've been doing. And, uh, it just flowed right out of me. 
But before before the dates, before the dates, and see, I I just put it together just now. I was just kind of looking at everything. Before the dates of Venus going underground, I was trying to write and I was trying to do something and I couldn't come up and I was, was like roadblock, you know, brain fried everything. And as soon as I realized when you guys were talking, I'm like, oh my God, did I start flowing when Venus went underground? And in fact, I did. So I want you to know, and I'm, I'm going to read it to you guys at some point because I don't know, it's kind of crazy, but nonetheless, going back to um, talk about going everywhere, Wendy, I mean, <laughs> us Capricorns are excited for our season. <laughs> I have so many things going through my head right now and I just can't keep it straight. I didn't I'm even, so- I didn't even touch on everything. I'll have to come back around. <laughs> I know we're going to have to do another podcast tomorrow night. Um, but I, I found this uh, super interesting. And again, I'm just, you know, a very brief thing with the high priestess card that I pulled first. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the first thing she said to me um, is the, you know, the solstice. And she's just like, use the, that energy, that momentum of the solstice. Like you said earlier, Stevie, about taking the day off. I am, I'm taking the day off and I'm probably going to go see Wendy because I'm going to make her take the day off and we're going to go lay on big rock. Ooh. Oh yeah. So I have plans. Anyways, Wendy, you're included. And pretty much you're the, the only part of the plan. But um, but what I found really cool about this is that she is around the rocks. She is um, doing her goddess, you know, priestess thing here. And right behind her is a cat. Hmm. So, and the cat has, you know, its own, um, its own reason for being there. But nonetheless, it's like the support system and the wisdom of the cat and, and coming back to, you know, all of our ancestral stuff and, and really, um, forgiving ourselves, forgiving ourselves for messing it all up. And this is the time where we have to let it go. Like, like we are forgiven. It's us who haven't done the forgiving. And so we have to let go in our cells and our DNA. And that's the other thing, Wendy, that you were talking about. And it came into my head, the spiral, it's our DNA. It's our freaking DNA. And we are going to heal our DNA. And our DNA is way more than what we've been told. Mm -hmm. Way more. It is our, it is our connection to our soul. It is our soul. It is everything. It holds everything ancestral in it. It vibrates with every single thing that we have done since we became a spark of life. And so this is why you need to protect your DNA. Don't let anybody mess with your DNA. It's it's that's been, I haven't even talked to you about the DNA stuff, but nonetheless, this is what this is about. It's the inner goddess in us. It's our priestess self. And we are coming out as our Lumerian or whatever we were at that time frame. I, I found out that I fled and I have to forgive myself for that. I had, I was trying to have people hear me and see what I saw. And is that not the most familiar thing that I'm doing right now? Mm. And people left me. And they didn't believe me and they thought I was crazy that it couldn't be this bad. And I'm like, it is this bad. And so at that, I'm the same vibration, the same exact thing, basically 
that I'm going through now. And I'm like coming at peace with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm basically saying, I have to not give a shit about everybody else and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I can't hold space for everyone else. I can only do it for me. And in return, I'm actually doing it for them because I'm doing it for me. Right. So this priestess card has a lot of awesome healing energy and it really, really has to do with solstice. So I hope you're available to do that. And then, then of course, this one came up when you were talking about um, and this, this is about the, the masculine, um, and the feminine, it basically looks like a different version of the devil card. It is, it is a different version of the, it is the devil okay. card basically. Okay. okay. in a, in a pagan way. Yeah. That there's this like dark figure with antlers in the background and then two naked, a man and a woman naked in the grass, like, yep. Yeah. Just vulnerable. unsuspecting of this figure behind them, but the figure is, is really in terms of the way I'm reading this card Mm -hmm. at this moment is really representing, you know, the, the, the consciousness of the matrix. Mm -hmm. And so here we are, you know, ignore and, and kind of blissfully living this, this life of no responsibility um, to, you know, have this, this devil behind us that is, and, and I don't really like to use the word devil. I yeah. more or less like to use the word, um, a low vibrational consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so it's there. And so it's, it's just an awareness and it's saying, okay, we need to come together and we need to connect and pull those two energies together the spiral, if you will, of our DNA and become again, the whole consciousness of collective co-creation. Yeah. Cause it's like this shadow that's behind them that they're not looking at. Right. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. It's like integrating the ego too, right? Like, absolutely. Yeah. And not, cause I think that spiritually speaking we've been taught for so long that the ego is ego death ego bad like right right if it if the ego is our shadow and we don't bring we have to bring the shadow to light to integrate it to like realize that it's just been trying to keep us safe because we've been traumatized for how many lifetimes (laughs) yeah of course of course it's scared of xyz like you died you had you lost people you have been through so much you know yeah it's crazy too that Christine pulled the high priestess card because um high priestesses were coming up today and um I told my friend Carrie I was looking at her Chiron um <clears throat> and it has like a high priestess energy to it and I was like it just came to me I'm like you are a high priestess and you have been many times and you are here to own it. And I feel like that's true for so many of us um, who are, and who knows, maybe even people who aren't waking up in this life, maybe th- that's their choice. Is that, that cause like, if we were super <laughs> aware in every single lifetime, I think we'd just like burn out our soul. <laughs> so it's like, um, 
you know, it helps you have a little more compassion for like people who aren't going to get with the program or whatever, see things the way you see it. But like, I think a lot of us who do see things like, or our work doing this inner work and these, these initiations, we're getting it from our past lifetimes. It's coming through from that. And what you said, Christine, too, about the spiral is like, I think we might've talked about this last time. I wonder also about breaking from Saturn to Uranus, how that will affect time. I feel like that's something about this um, fifth dimension. I feel like time is going to be different. And Saturn is the father of time. And um, when I look at the spiral and I see these like these old alchemical illustrations of the beetle traveling towards the center of the spiral, it's like, if you look at it as time, it's like, it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter until you get to the center. And I feel like when you get to the center, you can access all time. It's almost like we are accessing all of these epochs. I even feel like sometimes our guides could be our future selves, you know, coming to help get us on get with the program. You know what I mean? So it's interesting. I think about that sometimes. And something else that came up when I was um, looking at Jesus at the top of the mountain, the old religions, Jesus was a birthplace. Oh, Capricorn is also the birthplace of the fifth kingdom, the kingdom of souls. And the kingdom of souls is like the place of the freeing of consciousness by resolution of opposites, the self-realized human, the integration of personality and its orientation to the soul. So it's, that's like what this fifth kingdom, fifth dimension is about. It's, it's, stepping out of that duality and like integrating, you know, integrating it or transcending it. I don't know how you want to put it, but yeah, that was just one other thing that came through about Capricorn that I thought was kind of fascinating. So 2022, what are you guys seeing? What, what I'm seeing, I, I haven't pulled any cards for it yet. Cause I usually like to do it when you guys are talking just to kind of see what the intentions that come out of that. But, um, for the most part, I feel like, I feel like at some point there's going to be this exhale. Like, I feel like there's just, just a lot of holding on to things in the collective right now. Um, just, just sort of people freaking out and doing whatever they're doing right now. Um, but I feel like we're going to have at some point an exhale. I don't know when that's going to be, but I feel it coming. Um, but I also feel like it's going to be a little bit like we're going to, the, I kind of feel like the winter's going to be just, I don't want to say mass confusion, but I just, it's going to be a thing where I'm just going to separate myself from everybody and only stick with strictly with my peeps who I can talk to openly and who are not freaking out and actually understand what's going on. Um, so I, I don't have any real reason, like nothing. I haven't pulled cards on it. I haven't, you know, sat down and meditated on it, but it's just the flow that I'm feeling is, um, 
is the release of people moving away from other people, not because of duality, but because they're moving into, you know, higher level of consciousness, a creation consciousness. And, but there's still going to be a massive amount of people that are just going to be dazed and confused and don't know what just happened. And from that will be more awakening, but it's going to take them some time. I, although I feel like we're being pushed to just get it over with. And that's is what's going to push them to maybe be a bit crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we're going to come to that stage of exhaling and being like, okay, all right, we're okay. We actually made it. Mm -hmm. So that's just my flow feeling. Yeah. I hope you're right. And maybe that's the Jupiter that you're feeling into. Um, Jupiter and Pisces. Yeah. Yeah, we got a little taste earlier this year, but um, uh, before I talk about Jupiter and Pisces, because that's going to color a lot of 2022, I just want to mention that that old versus new Uranus versus Saturn is still in effect 2022. Um, I don't think we're going to feel as caged in, but it's definitely like old structures, new structures, break free. This this energy is still still going to be hanging around. Um, I also wanted to say that Saturn in Aquarius in 2021 and 2022 can sometimes make you feel very lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you're an outsider, you know? Mm -hmm. And also just like us being separated from the group, like you can't, we can't gather in big events or big parties and it's, that's the Saturnian restriction. Um, So I just wanna mention that if you are feeling like you don't belong, no one understands you, lonely, an outsider, like um, it's also just the Saturn and Saturnian energy there that can make us feel that way. Um, but it also in turn makes us ask the question of like, well, what do I, where is my responsibility in creating the, the community I want, you know, um, for my future? Like, what does that look like? Because I know a lot of us have lost friends. Um, talked to a lot of people in a lot of my readings, like a lot of people had to let go of friends and that's Saturn and Aquarius, like letting go of the group or being kind of isolated from your community. So um, that's where, again, we like look within, we're like, okay, where's my responsibility here to create the, the structure or the community I want for myself? So just wanted to mention that that is also 2022, but as always, like when energy is new, like the Saturn Uranus square in 2021, when it's new, we're trying to figure it out. And in 2022, it's kind of like old news, but it's still in the background. Um, the thing that I really, a couple of things that I really want to focus on is the nodal shift that happens at the end of December. Um, and it depends on if you look at the mean node or the true node, like astrologers kind of argue over like when this shift, ha- shift happens. It's either this sometime between Christmas Eve, December 24th and early January. So we're moving into a big, big shift. The node shift around every 18 months, that first shift was May, 2020. Um, We're moving from Gemini Sagittarius to Taurus Scorpio. And the South node is the karma place where we kind of have the shadow again. And the North node is where we're moving into. So Scorpio is the South node. which means <laughs> Scorpio's shadow is obsession, like obsessed, uh, 
sometimes in a really dark place, like they can just get real dark because they just know how to be there for long periods of time. Um, it is definitely a place where you want to hold all your secrets and you don't want to share. Um, it can often be massive power struggles. Who has the power? Scorpio always is looking and, and like kind of tracking like who has the power here. Um, that being said, we can definitely expect that secrets will come to the surface um, and that we will be highly interested in our trauma. Again, we're already there, especially for the people born with Pluto and Scorpio. They're the, the leaders of this movement. Um, but yeah, who has the power? Who, where are the secrets? Like who's holding humanity back, you know? Um, Scorpio also has to do with like justice and money, like resources, like other people's money, death, rebirth, transformation. So we can expect all of these things to be in the collective. Um, and what we're moving into is Tor Torian energy, which is grounded, rooted, what, it, what makes me feel safe. Um, Tauruses are the, the most connected sign to the material world and all the five senses. Um, so I really kind of think that we go from the mind, like Gemini Sag is all intellectual and, and ideas and experiences to the body. Like 2022 is in the body, it's embodied. Um, Taurus is, is like all of the 3D world, you know, like really in the body. What is it, what do things feel like, taste like, smell like? Um, so Taurus also rules our money, our financial systems, uh, <laughs> most likely those will uh, be alchemized. I'm really imagining like literally the structural financial, financial systems falling, the stock market falling, maybe like cryptocurrency and things like that come, come more to the surface. Like these things are, or NFTs, like all these things are gonna, we're gonna be having a lot of conversations about this. Also our food supply, that's Taurus. Um, do we like, you're gonna see so many people shift to growing their own food, Wendy. <laughs> We're gonna, yeah, that uh, I think that's gonna be a really big uh, thing in the collective. Like basically what what's sustainable food wise, resources wise, what makes us feel safe? What's make, what makes us uh, secure? All these questions are what we're gonna have to be faced with. Um, and then Taurus is like to slow down. They're not interested in rushing. They're like patient, you know? So we'll also kind of have to deal with the karma of this will be like uh, patience. <laughs> Stop trying to like push forward. Like there's work to do, you know? Um, Tauruses know how to like take steps to like get the things done. They're determined. They're, they're often stubborn in that way. So we're going to be asked to slow down to get into our body, to connect with our senses, to uh, really take a good hard look at the earth. <laughs> And the sustainable, how unsustainable it's been. Um, and our values will absolutely be shifting. I feel like, I feel like all the things I'm talking about really is December as well. Like we brought all these things shift in December. So um, the other thing, um, I have something written. So I wrote desire for security and pleasure and the urge to transform beyond the material world. Like that is very much 2022. Um, and we're going to have to dive deep into the mysteries of the unknown, which is Scorpio's territory to understand this and to feel safe. So we're going to have to be visiting our shadow. Um, so from practical ways of like doing that, like getting into your body, 
is really important. Nourishing yourself, slowing down, taking care of yourself. Like Tauruses know how to care for themselves. It's going to be essential, especially when the information in the collective is going to probably be traumatizing to most people. Mm. Um, even people that are really awake to like who has the power. Um, so, and I think like holding, I just had this vision of like you being in a bathtub, holding yourself as your shadow, you're triggered, you know, you're traumatized and like, okay, I'm here. I'm in a body. You're safe. Telling yourself you're safe, you know, and from a practical lens too, like get some food, get some rice, like put some things away. And I'm not trying to, you know, use fear, but just it's, um, I think these things are going to come up like these structures are going to be crumbling in 2022. So having some things that make you feel safe, you know, um, might be helpful. Uh, the other thing, um, oh, and we're going to be transforming what we value, period, like all the way around, all of it. Um, Uranus is still in Taurus in 2022, so we can definitely expect uh, some natural disasters. I mean, he's the planet of shock. He's the lightning bolt that comes out of nowhere. So you can't really predict, like astrologers can't predict what's going to go down. Um, but he also rules like solar energy and flooding. And I mean, earthquakes, lightning, pole shifting, like we don't know what's going to go down, but it's definitely going to be something that's going to be in the forefront, especially with the nodes being in Taurus. Like it's going to highlight this Uranian energy. Um, and in general, we're all going to be asked to re-evaluate what makes us feel safe um, with taking a good hard look at our shadows. <laughs> uh, and e anything that's below the surface is going to be continually bubble up because we're in a place in the universe again where there's more light. So like we're, we're transforming all the time. The, the second thing that I'm really pumped about is that Jupiter moves into Pisces on December 29th. Um, I forget who it was, but there was an astrologer that was talking about this recently. And we have uh, Jupiter and Neptune coming together in April. And that's when like the never ending story was created. And also when Fantasia was created. Um, mm -hmm. So if you kind of imagine Jupiter and Pisces and 2022 is also having, having this overall theme of like the Fantasia never ending story fantasy, that is going to be very alive. Um, so... <laughs> all the, the nodal stuff, which is seems like doom and gloom. And I think we're gonna be faced with some of that. There also is gonna be this undertone of like compassion. I mean, Pisces is the most compassionate sign, most creative, so sensitive, so emotional, um, so intuitive, so spiritual. Like, and Jupiter, obviously besides the sun is the biggest planet in the solar system. So when he moves into a sign, he's expanding us in that archetype. Um, you can expect a ton of creativity to come out of 2022. Yeah. Um, a lot of spiritual people just all of a sudden having an open heart, like, or not non-spiritual people or people that are just like a little grouchy, like they're going to be more compassionate, you know? Um, we can use. <laughs> what's that? Yeah, we could use that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the other thing about Piscean energy is that it can be an escapist or a little bit delusional and Jupiter sometimes overdoes it with the fantasy. So it's going to be really important to be grounded. And we're going to be learning this with the North Node and Taurus. Like we, we don't have a choice really. Um, 
it's amazing for creativity though. Like for any artist, you're going to see artists come out of the woodwork and see really unique things come out, uh, especially around films. Um, Neptune is all about like the film industry. We can definitely expect to be confused <laughs> as well about some things. Uh, Pisces is the dream world too. So you can expect your dreams to kind of be more intense. You can expect your intuition to be um, heightened, like your guides to be really speaking to you. Like all these things are gonna be true. Um, the, the thing about Pisces is it can be, and Neptune especially, especially in April, when we have that energy, it can be very delusional. Um, we might be very confused about things and it might also have to do with the media because Neptune is ruled by the media. Um, I'm imagining that truth comes out because Jupiter loves to just be honest and bold, like, look, here's the deal. And really looking back when Pluto and Jupiter were together in 2020, three times, that's when I personally woke up to so much truth. Um, so I think Jupiter is also going to kind of expand like where we're confused, where we're delusional, who rules our psyche, who's influencing us, and we're going to be asking ourselves those questions a lot too, I think. Um, you can also just expect a lot of perhaps water, like flooding, water issues. I mean, there's just a shit ton of water, you know? More emotional, more tears. <laughs> um, more spending time in yoga practices and meditation. And, you know, all of these things are going to come to the forefront. Um, and everyone's going to be interested in them, which I'm super excited about as well. Yeah, I think that's, oh, a huge thing. The last thing I'll say, the United States is experiencing their Pluto return in 2022. <laughs> um, obviously this has never happened to the United States because uh, Pluto takes a very long time to come back to himself. So uh, some people are familiar with like the Saturn return, which happens at age 2930, where we're really faced with Saturn's energy. When a country, like a country can have a birth chart, a business can have a birth chart, uh, the United States has a birth chart and Pluto is coming back to himself in that chart. And really 2020 was the start of this return. Pluto takes a long time, um, but the peak of it is in 2022. So we can absolutely, the United States especially will be faced with what uh, will be asked to transform, period. Like it is a death and rebirth of the United States. It is certainly a death and rebirth of what we were built on, our foundations. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. And we, this isn't new information. We're already experiencing this now we're in it, you know, um, but it's just going to become more intense for this country. And um, I think the United States is going to set the stage in a lot of ways. I'm not sure how, but <laughs> we will be going through the wheel card here in the United States, you know? Um, so that will also be something, something to look out for and something really interesting. Yeah, man. it's. Stevie like over and over and over like I just learned how to look at my chart from you uh, last year or the end of 2020 and it's just bizarre how many of these major transits hit points in my chart like the my nodes the nodes are going to be my nodes next year Pluto is on my sun and my Venus Venus is on my Venus and my sun like I don't it's so bizarre when I like hear all this stuff. I'm like, this is why is this happening to me too? Like, 
<laughs> but I just kind of feel like, man, I really chose to come here for this time. Like, and it even goes into my, how like my awakening was so triggered by that conjunction uh, in 2020. And I know a lot of people's were, but it's just kind of blowing my mind. Anyway, that's just a side note. <laughs> yeah, you have your your nodal return. That's a cool year. Oh, cool. Like every 18 and a half years, I think. And you basically, if you aren't already on your soul path, you get pushed gently. Okay. Or like people pop in your life that are like, hey, look, this is what you're meant to do. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, something that came to my mind when you were talking about Uranus and Taurus, I thought about um, maybe could that have something to do with us uh, discovering free energy, using the earth for electricity? A hundred percent. But I think that we have to, the, the shadow of that or like the South Node part of that is like, we have to understand how it's been abused and who's been in control you know? Um, but yes. And I think that Uranus is still going to be in Taurus for a few more years. And, um, I think that that's going to be a huge topic coming in. If it's not next year, it's, it's something we're going to be continually talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Like innovative, energetic ways to be sustainable, you know? Yeah. And, and I think going back to using nature is what I, I mean, like we have everything we need to, this stuff we've done it before and now something else that i think is kind of cool about our nodes is that we're going towards taurus and taurus is like an ancient age it's kind of like we are bringing things bringing uh ancient secrets back to help us towards the future it's not just moving forward towards the future and creating new 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 it's like accessing the old as well and accessing like the elements of earth and that actually that ties in the things that uh came in for me when I was looking at the year all I could see was numbers I just got um Remington Donovan's numerology book and I read it in like a day it's so good (laughs) and um so you look at 2022 And of course you see a bunch of twos, first of all. So, excuse me, I had to look at two first. And two is receptivity, love, connection, openness. When when we're open and loving, we can receive. Um, I'm picturing the two of cups card, Um, like man and woman coming together. Um, and it's also Sarah and I have talked about this before about how that card sort of represents the Holy Trinity. So it's like, it's like that sacred masculine and feminine coming together. Um, planets of the number two are Uranus and Neptune. So it's more of that, like, um, outer planet energy and like kind of spirituality, um, change breaking away going towards the soul two is intuitive and once it gets in the flow the opportunities flow in i'm feeling like adventurous energy new people new jobs new communities two is when the one splits in creation 
And we see this sort of bifurcation happening right now. Um, so we may see even more contrast of that, more dark getting darker, light getting lighter, um, more like, you know, some people having more direction, some people not knowing what the hell to do. Um, and there's the shadow aspect of two is becoming dependent on outside people, things, entertainment. So remember to go within and, um, it can also be too trusting. So discernment is key. And I think that's going to come into play with what you said about like Jupiter in Pisces. And didn't you say Neptune in Pisces? Like there's all this new spiritual stuff coming in and we are going to need to stay grounded to be able to discern. And also just the stuff out in the media as well. Um, we're really, really going to need to use discernment. And so you see, in 2022, you've got three twos and it's kind of cool because um, obviously it adds up to six and two and three are the negative mind, which is receptive. And three is the positive mind, which takes action. So again, we have this feminine and masculine coming together and you see that in like a hexagram and like Metatron's cube, it's as above, so below masculine, feminine, and you know, I'm freaking out that I'm getting into six and into my hexagon synchronicities because hexagons have just been like yelling at me. And, and it's funny when I read this book, I discovered that my experience number is six. So <laughs> it's not surprising that it's like all these six things are coming up. Um, six is the sun. It's our destiny. So it's the molecular structure of structured water as we find it in nature. It's the molecular structure of carbon. This is the stuff we're made out of. The sun was formed of dust and gas, stardust, and we are just fragments of that, you know? So it's like, I see us getting back to source, like really finding the, the soul and the spirit and discovering the structures of where nature, how nature is created and using that, um, to, to create new things. Um, it's also the heart chakra in the heart chakra. So there's going to be, um, more heart energy. It's harmony because you find harmony in nature. So I'm feeling like that makes a lot of sense with that North node in Taurus. Like we're going to be getting back to nature, heading more towards nature. Um, it's also the most stable structure in nature, which is why bees make their hives in little hexagons. And so if you can stay in your heart, if you can stay connected, you will feel safe. You'll feel more safe there you'll feel more protected. Um, and I just like always hear if you're connected, you're protected. Um, six is also that, like I said, the masculine and the feminine, it's also the elements in alchemy. When you look at the hexagram, it's the different triangles coming together. And when you break them down, you can see all the symbols of alchemy, air, water, fire, earth, and um, so again and again, it's just like nature, the elements, 
um, getting back to like divine structure. And it's also the meeting of heaven and earth. So having that uh, intuitive or, you know, more, that divine connection, but also grounded and like using that to create the new. And I really, I feel like this is really like the beginning of the golden age. I have no idea how long, you know, we can't really define the moment the golden age starts, but with this year, like representing the sun and just seeing like these, these harmonious structures and that number, I just, I get that feeling, even if there's going to be like a lot of turmoil and stuff, because it's like the, the ending and the beginning happen at the same time. It's not, it's not linear, you know, like it's not just, Oh, everything ended. And then here we go. The shadow of six is doing the same thing over and over. It's getting stuck in that wheel. Um, so if you feel like that, if you ever feel stuck, just take some action, use your willpower and, um, try not to fall into like victimhood. Um, try to just, you know, move forward. So, yeah, I guess that's about all I, I see for 2022, a lot more coming together and, um, adventure. And I guess it's sort of that idea too, of like, <clears throat> How can we, you know, it's interesting. We have that like escape the possibility to escape with some of the planetary placements, because I really feel like what we're being tested to do, if we are here to like become masters or whatever, or master our reality, the way to do it is to be able to create your own version of heaven on earth you know, and it's not escaping. It's not thinking I'm going to go fly away. It's how can I stand in this not falling? Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think that that's the, the biggest difference in this ancestral healing is that, um, is understanding, you know, the root of why we're, where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. And that is very much uh, buried, it has been very buried so deeply within our cellular structure that now that it's, it's coming to it, coming out and being expressed, um, in our daily life. And we're, and as we are dealing with our shadows, um, we're beginning to reconnect with that ancestral piece of us that is damaged from trauma. And so, yeah, and now we're seeing like it didn't work last time. And so now we're going to do it right this time. And I absolutely agree with, with what you just said about that. And I find um, the cards I picked are pretty interesting um, to kind of, you know, give you the, the balance of what's going on here. But they, um, so this is the princess um, of swords. And if you can see, she's um, holding the sword where you shouldn't be holding the sword, which is, you know, along the blade. Um, and the card itself in this deck uh, kind of represents a bit of an aloofness to um, reality. And for me, it's, it's really about that not, not caring all about everything that's going on. 
And, and that's really hard for people to hear that, you know, to not give a shit and to just do what you need to do. And when you turn off your TV and get rid of the electronics that keep you mesmerized and, and having spells cast upon you every minute, um, you begin to remember who you are. You start coming back to your body and your vibration. And so I think that's what it's going to take is just that piece of aloofness to kind of get through the first stage of this, this coming year and really, again, coming back to who you are and, and doing your inner work. Um, but what's, what's really important in the next piece of that or part of that is that going back to nature and being grounded and having a protection um, over yourself. And, it, and if it is something where you're someone who likes to, you know, visualize a light around you, you have a um, energetic shield that you have to put in front of yourself or around you. Um, and that the next card that I pulled was the Prince of, of Pentacles. And so this card itself, uh, the visual represents that for me, where he he's holding his shield in front of himself and notice that he's not going for a fight. He's just trying to protect himself because his sword is behind him, you know, on the horse that he's on. And the horse in this really represents about being, you know, firmly footed on the ground, standing here with all four, you know, not paws, but uh, hooves in this case, but, you know, all everything planted and again, grounding to the earth. So much is just going to flood up and it's going to be hard, but I think that's why there's so many of us that have been working the past two years in particular, but most of our life trying to deal with our shadows. And so the time is now where we're going to have to be that support system and that flow of uh, safe, you know, space for them to, for people to be able to understand what the heck is really going on with themselves. There's going to be a huge awakening. I really, really think that. Um, and then the third card out of this group that I pulled is, of course, we get this one all the time. I know, I love this one, the chariot. And in this case, this card is saying to us, you know, yes, there is the duality, but it's really about the balance. The balance of, you know, the dark versus the light and integrating it. Again, the unicorn, you know, there's a lot of horses in, in what we're talking about tonight, you know, a lot of that energy in there and, and notice in this particular uh, version of the chariot, how she's looking up and it happens to be a female mm -hmm. as opposed to a male, which you see in many of the chariot cards, she's looking up, she's, you know, firmly, you know, supported again, grounded, but it's, it's. I think this is kind of where we're going to be as energy people who have been doing our work is that we're going to help. We already have brought balance and that that is just really going to be a massive support um, for ourselves, our families, our friends, mm -hmm. as you know, they start to really see the light coming in. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. And I, I can't help but also say that uh, I love that the chariot showed up when Sarah's not here because that's her like a fire card. <laughs> She's popping in through the cards. <laughs> but seriously, that's one of my favorite cards. And it's like when I see that card too, it's about um it's about 
you directing where your chariot's going, you know, not just being taken along for the ride. So, yep. I love that you said that too. I know we've talked about so much, (laughs) but we did it. We got through 2021 Capricorn season and 2022. Woohoo. I'm excited for 2022. What about you guys? Yeah, definitely excited for it. Neptune Piscean energy is going to make us like question our reality mm. like oh we are the creators and maybe we can go to the never-ending story or to Fantasia and make that our world you know uh-huh Just to say that we can't recreate that so I'm looking forward to that energy even just like having people feel more compassionate you know feel more like of that oneness Pisces is like where we end into the oneness so Mm. And I, I, I wanted to comment on your never ending story because that was, that was something that I, as a kid, I went back to that movie over and over and over again, as much as I could. And it really, it really does say something about who we truly are in the world of creation. Yeah, totally. The never ending story. <laughs> Here we go. We're still going. We're still doing it. <laughs> I just watched it. It's so good. Oh, I got to watch it again. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah. And then I, I, I pictured Falcor and it's funny too, that the unicorns coming up, you know, like another mythical type yeah. of spiritual. And also I forgot to say as well that unicorns, represent Christ consciousness as well. So Pisces. Yeah. It's interesting. But um creation. I think it's gonna be an interesting Pisces season too. Like I think we're gonna get real weird. I was literally like, wait, what is the world? What is this? (laughs) I love Pisces energy. Like I love the creativity that flows through me in Pisces moons in Pisces season. I mean, I've just realized it's my absolute favorite and that's really crazy coming from a Capricorn, but that's the thing you need different energies, you know, to break you. I think, I think that when the moon is in water signs, especially Pisces, I am so connected to how I feel because usually I'm connected to what I'm doing, you know, as an earth sign. Yeah. I mean, especially Pisces moon, like I'll turn on a, a, a song and just be like, bam, I'm like connected and I'm feel, I'm crying and I'm, it's. That's a great favorite. point. It yeah. helps us earth, earth, yeah. earth feel. Like, oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Remember these feelings that are, are stuck in there? Yeah. <laughs> Can you flow through them? Flow out with the tears. Yes. <laughs> There'll be a lot of flow in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thanks for having us again. I know it was so much fun. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Light Always Wins. You can find me on Instagram at light.alwayswins. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review and hit subscribe and maybe share with some of your friends. Until next time, remember, light always wins.